looking to people to start off with a small vision, and that vision manifested in something beyond expectation. I see pride. We're black excellence when we tap into our magic. I see power. I've never seen anybody put in 100% and lose. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. Say it loud, podcast. And you know this, man. And it's just big. It's just so simple, but yet so complex. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. go, go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? It is your host, Boogie the Beast, and thank you so much for sitting down and tuning in with us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, however else y'all figure out how to get on these things. Once again, thank you so much for supporting and being a part of the Say It Loud Legacy Series. And I am honored and blessed to be sitting in front of a good friend of mine now since I have been in LA, um, and we have grown into friendship, foundation, and just been able to help each other support each other's dreams. And now she's helping me as I help her, hopefully, um, open up another chapter of her life. Some of you know her as Nike Legacy. Some of you know her as Nita. I like to call her Neat Fit, Miss Juanita Caldwell. What's up, what's up, y'all? What's happening? What's up, buddy? I hope I got your uh, introductions right. You know oh, you what I'm saying? Oh, you got your spot on. You got me over here cheese and crazy. Listen, so, you know, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, just want to get to know you a little bit, understand where you're coming from, and your why. A little bit about that. So, first and foremost, you know, give us give us the whole dating profile. No, not the dating profile. <laughs> where are you from, um, you know, and how long have you been in L.A. now? Okay, so I'm from South Jersey. Uh, I've been in LA for almost two years. It'll be two years actually this month, end of this month. So I still like to think I'm new. Um, but so born and raised in Jersey, uh, my entire career journey, everything was in Jersey. Um, and just kind of backstory on that. I wanted to change in space. I wanted to go somewhere where I felt like I was going to challenge myself and just kind of take my, not only my career, but my life to the next level. Mm. And so when I thought about, you know, different places I wanted to go, a lot of different options came up. And to me, I just wanted to be somewhere that was warm majority of the year. So that was the biggest selling point for me. I feel that. <laughs> Respect. And then uh, another big driving point, uh, my best friend already had plans moving out here. So she had been L.A. crazy for years. So just knowing that I was going to have her out here as, you know, as a support system and um, someone that I can, you know, turn to and lean to just for anything, emotional support, physical support. That also, of course, made my journey a lot easier as well. Um and I haven't looked back ever. Looked back ever since. <laughs> mm, mm, I feel that. So setting up the roots. Absolutely. So speaking about uh, roots and where the plants, I guess, or the seeds got planted. Um, like you said, like your entire journey um, as an athlete, as a student, and all that stuff. Um, you went to college for sports. I did. You I were was on that a, side. I was. I was a Division One track and field athlete. It seems like forever ago. Uh, so track was my entire life. Um, I was a very different, had a very different mindset as a child. I always kind of looked at track as a way to get me to college. Mm. A lot of my friends and peers, you know, had goals of 2016 Olympics, 2020, whatever Olympics were, they had Olympic years. For me, uh, it was more so in the sense of how can I utilize my skill and my gift that God has given me to get me to a point that a lot of people aren't fortunate to get to do. Um, so for me, I kind of had my eyes set on, okay, how do I get to college? How do I go to college that way, you know, I can get out of the area that I'm from. Um, and the area that I'm from, it just, it, it wasn't as inspiring or as encouraging as, you know, as, as can be. So I kind of used that to push me and to force me to get me out. 
So in my mind, it was what can I do to get out of this area so that way I can go and explore the world and, and live in California and do things that I'm doing today that I'm actually living in. Um, so track, in a sense, I always say track saved my life because track gave me a why. Track gave me a reason to, to keep fighting, to want to do something, and it kind of it kept me grounded. I mean, if anyone knows that has played a sport almost your entire life, when you play a sport, it's like... That's your life. This is your whole life. You can't get in trouble. You can't do anything because they will take that from you. So it's like, okay, Smash. let me keep my grades up so I can run track. Let me, I got to stay out of trouble so I don't get put up the track team. So track in a sense, especially the area that I'm from, track saved my life. Mm. And I think, I think the biggest piece that I took away from that is how you, you know, really quoted and said that um, for track for you, it was about... This is what's going to get me in school for not or hopefully for free or for a super discount Mm -hmm. um, compared to a lot of people who take sports and be like, this is what's going to make me a pro. This is going to get me to the league. Mm -hmm. This is going to get me, like you said, to the Olympics and nothing against that. But I think that um, just having that baseline and foundation of what sports or what you're able to use to get to that next level. Um, So really, really dope perspective on that. Um, So you graduated. And then you went off to uh, the pros, like, you know, like after college, like we were like, I'm done with track. Like, what did that look like going into the, the real world now of like, ooh, I got an adult. So for most athletes, they have more of a shock. Um, you know, when you go to a bigger D1 school, and I was fortunate enough that my, my school, it was everything I needed in terms of um, the opportunities that it presented me with, both educationally on the track, everything. Um, but I was a very different student athlete. I made time to do everything. So I was president of organizations. I had multiple internships. I worked full time while I was still a, a division one scholarship athlete. So I made kind of my life structure where a track wasn't the only thing I was doing. Mm. And a lot of athletes, especially division one athletes, you get pulled into this realm of you can only do this sport. That's it. Um, fortunate for me, my, fortunate for me, my leeway was I wasn't a, a full scholarship athlete. It covered a lot of it, and I'm super thankful for that. But since it wasn't that full, I made sure the AD knew that, and I used that to my advantage. To say, well, you know, technically, you don't own all of me. <laughs> so I, I gotta get this coin. I got it exactly. So I used that as an advantage, however, and I was interning. I was out working. I had full time jobs, so I kind of already had a chance to kind of see what the outside life would be. And in a sense, it was like, okay, this would be a lot easier because I just won't have track. Hmm. Um, so when I graduated, it was kind of like a relief of like, finally, I can start my life. Finally, I can, you know, do this. And like I said, track is, it saved my life. But I got to the point where at a time, you're not going to do it professionally. I knew I wasn't going to go to the next level. I knew my body physically couldn't take me to that next level. So it was never like, a, okay, now what? It was always like, okay, now I can start. Now I'm <sighs> ready to begin. Exactly. Yeah. So it was that relief of fresh air. Uh, looking back, I miss it tremendously. I do wish I, you know. I still have the thought sometimes of dusting off my spikes and getting back out there. I had that hey, thought every hey, once in a while. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Masters is around the corner listen, for a lot of us. Listen, I've, I've thought seriously, seriously about it. But um, so for me, like I said, I interned a lot. Um, so I've always kind of had the mindset where since I knew I didn't want to be the athlete or the chances where I wouldn't be the athlete, I still wanted to work around the athlete and work in sports. Mm. I love sports with my everything. Like I said, since I was young, not only has track saved my life, but I've just been involved in sports. My brothers have played all their entire lives. So all of my free time is always somehow consistent around being involved in a sport. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to work in sports. And when I got to college, I majored in sports administration, minored in sports media studies. So I was all in. I didn't know what I wanted to do sports in sports. Sports is life. I just knew that sports was going to be life. Sports was going to take me to what I wanted to do. So I just kind of bounced around from different departments and got a chance to try a lot of things. But that's the beauty of interning. I got a chance to try out marketing and sales and advertisement and branding and this and that. And there's so many sides to sports that 
you wouldn't think of going into, you know, going into an experience. Um, so right out of, uh, while I was in college, I knew I wanted to go to grad school. So right, right out of graduation, I went, started right into grad school. Whew. I was working with the New York Rebels, which is a soccer team. Um, and it was an amazing experience. It just kind of solidified that I was where I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be in sports. And then from there, I just kind of kept progressing. And from there, I left from the Rebels and went to work with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I was there for a couple years, and sports is fun. It's a fun job. Yeah. It's super fulfilling. You get to you stay around literally, what you love. Exactly. I get yeah. to go to games, and to me, it's like, well, I'm working. I'm getting a check by being at NBA games. Like, I this get is to amazing. go to the games for free. I this get to is... have my feet on the hardwood. Like any That's sports fan knows what that feeling is like, having your foot <laughs> on the hardwood. It's a blessing. <laughs> for free? <laughs> for free. Like, y'all paying me to be But on the flip side, that's kind of how I knew when it was time for me to leave. Mm. When my feet being on the hardwood was no longer exciting. Mm. So that was kind of a deep moment for me because being a huge fan, especially from Jersey and Philly, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, diehard Phillies fan, diehard Sixers fan. I go hard for all Philly sports. So for me, the moment I stepped my foot on that hardwood and I didn't have that tingle through my spine anymore, it was like, all right, God, what are you trying to tell me? What, what's going what's on? What's up? Exactly, what's up? And that kind of sparked that transition in my mind, okay? I could be doing more. I could be doing more for my community. I could be doing more for, for the youth. I can be doing more to leave a legacy and not just kind of getting by day to day. So that kind of sparked that that fire for me. Mm. And then that spark, the change, the trailblazing, and the creation of it um, brought you out to L.A. It did. And when you got to L.A., or was it more so like, I'm going to pack my car up and I'm going to pull up? Or was it more like, you know, I have an idea, a dollar, and a dream? Like, what did that... I'm moving to the West Coast. Like when you were finally like, I'm moving. Like, did you have a job in line? Like, what, what is that? What does that look like? Because yeah, everybody's yeah. move to LA is is a specific difference. It definitely is. So for me, um, I had never been to LA to visit. Um, <laughs> like I mentioned, my best friend at the time, you know, my best friend at the time, she already had plans on coming out here, so she was already set to come. Shout out to uh, Tayana. <laughs> absolutely, Thickyana. She likes to be called Thickyana. Thickyana. So she already had her plans to come out here. So, and she would always talk about it in such a beautiful light. And I had never been, so I never could understand really what she was talking about. Mm. So I came out here to visit. Actually, uh, the Sixers. We were. Um, we were on All-Star break, so I traveled out here for All-Star break, and we was in L.A., and this is my first time coming to L.A., and I finally understood what she was I got talking it now. About. Yeah, you was like, I was like, I, I wow, it. I understand, and I called her, and I got to the plane. When I got to the airport to, for my flight home, I cried. Mm. I said, wow, that's crazy. Like, I've never gone somewhere, and I like to, I love traveling. I'm always on the go, and this is the first place that I traveled somewhere, and it felt like home, and I never felt that feeling before, and home started to not feel like home. So for me, that moment in February of 2018, that's when I had that, like, wow, I'm moving to L.A. I didn't know where I was working. I didn't know how I was going to, I didn't know anything. I just knew I was moving. Um, the factors that made it easier, of course, was the fact that I had someone that was already out here. Um, and at the time, actually, I was dating some, someone who was out here. So, of course, that was also another driving factor. Um, but I always say that that got me out here quicker than probably I would have come on my own. So I'm that. super thankful for that. But from that moment in February 2018, I was hustling. I was looking up every school in L.A., every everything, fitness gyms, this and that, and everything. To me, it was just if I'm going to make this big life change, I want to do everything all together. I don't want to change from corporate sports to jumping right into fitness or coaching and still be in Jersey and Philly. I'm still going to, still going to be surrounded by the same kind of, you know, mm. mindsets. I'm not saying yeah. everyone mm. there has a certain mindset. It's just for me personally. I think it's good for everyone to kind of find 
what works for them. And for me personally, Jersey and Philly was draining for me. Um, it wasn't anything that was motivating me and encouraging me. Um, so to me, it was okay. If I'm going to do this big change, I want to be somewhere where everything is new, where I can just learn and grow as a process and have everything kind of overlap as one. Hmm. And I put everything together. I, I knew I didn't want to start the, another NBA season. Um, so that was kind of my timeline. So from February to whenever, I was just planning on just saving money up and praying I would get a job by then because I didn't want to come out here without a job. I definitely was like, I need to have everything in order. You know, I got bills at the end of the day. I'm an adult. Hey, I got to make right. sure adult my stuff is taken care of. So I, uh, yeah, I just started putting money aside. And then, you know, I was hitting up different schools and a whole bunch of different things. And I got a call in July and they offered me a job at a school. Hmm. And I said, all right, I, I booked my flight at that point, booked my car that same day. And I was like, that's it. And I prepared my family and friends, told them, told them I was going, but I was like, you know, just more so I didn't want to start a new school year or a new NBA season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't official until I got that offer. So when I got that offer in July, I came out here in August. Jeez. <laughs> I haven't looked back. And haven't looked back. That's dope. Um, what do you think has been the la- the best thing now that you've been here for two years? You know, kind of just like a a breath of fresh air and perspective or an idea or even just something towards your passion. Like what, what's been the, if you had to fill that out on like a piece Mm -hmm. of paper, like what does that look like for you? now? Honestly, the biggest breath of fresh air is being surrounded by people that are super like-minded and have goals like I do and, and don't think that their goals are too big for them. I think that's the biggest thing about living in L.A. is everyone that came out here with a dream, a dollar and a dream, or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Even the people that are from L.A. are some of the most genuine people that I've ever met in my entire life. So to kind of mix that, the people that are from L.A. with the people like myself that have transplanted here, mm. but just have so many, you know, just big goals and dreams and ideas, and they see that they're not too small for them, that's a blessing in itself, and that's probably the biggest encouragement to me because I'm not surrounding myself with people that, you know, are like-minded. Whereas back on the East Coast, it's like you're looked at as having too many things. You're just like, oh, like why don't you just be satisfied working a job for 20 years and getting your pension or whatever. And just be done. And yeah. it's like, yeah, and it's like you can easily do that. And there's nothing wrong against people that do that. Nothing at all wrong against that. I just knew that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the road that God had for me. And like I said, once I felt that feeling of I could be doing more, I couldn't sleep until I got to the point where I knew I was doing more. Oh yeah, mic check, one, two, one, two. Once again, it is Say It Loud, and you're still with your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, and most important, just supporting me. I want to make sure that I'm supporting you, so if you guys know anybody who's got a story, any businesses out there that need help with getting their message, their mission, um, anything that can help us uh, create our narratives and make a better tomorrow um, as we get ready to get back into Juanita, I just want to say thank you so much again for everybody supporting the Say It Loud Legacy campaign. And you can check out more information at www.sayloudmedia.org. Again, that's www.sayloudmedia.org. Now sit back down with that microwave hot pocket and let's get back into Nita's interview. All right, all right, all right. We are back. I am still fitting. I am still sitting in front of Miss Nita. Miss Neat Fit. Yes. The legacy herself, you <laughs> all know, that, all as, that. as she grows her legacy, I want to get into it. Speaking about Say Aloud and Say Aloud Legacy, um, what what made you want to join or, you know, why why say yes? Honestly, for the bigger picture, um, 
it's crazy to me when I think about the way that we can say we do certain things and people look at you like, you, you do what? So just, for example, in swimming or running or anything. And just for me coming from a running background, you know, going from sprinting, being a sprinter is one thing, to going from running miles. Get up. like, you, you run for what? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean for what? Like for my health, my Every sanity, day, yeah. for everything. They're like, but why? So it's, it's crazy just to have those certain thoughts and especially with swimming. And you see all the time you're at pool parties or the beach or anything. And black people don't swim. We don't get our hair wet. We don't go in the deep end. We don't do anything. It's like, but why not? Mm. Why don't we do these things? Why is that an issue? Um, and so for me, it's kind of just placing the emphasis on we can be the change of all of that. You know, our kids don't have to grow up scared to get in the pool or get in the water or swim. We shouldn't have to worry about, you know, walking into the deep end of a pool or, you know, swimming in the ocean or, or whatever. Um, it's just more so of wanting to change the future and what's to come afterwards. Mm. Um, and then honestly, too, the biggest part of it for me was just, and I've told you this before, you believing in me. You coming to me was probably the biggest thing you could have ever done for for me. I know you keep saying we're helping you, we're helping you, but you woke up something in me that has literally had me feeling like I'm back a Division One athlete again. Like giving oh me something God. to train for has literally been one of the highlights of these past few weeks for me, just knowing, like, you know, it's a bigger purpose. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for a team who is doing this for a bigger need, who is doing this for our future, for our legacies to come. So for me, it's it's huge because it's like, wow, this person believed in me so much, the one include me on a project so huge that has such a big impact. In my head, it was like, I could never say no. Mm. Like, the first step was you believe, you believe, even if I didn't believe in myself yet, you believing in me was all I needed. And that jump started. Because I even told you at first, I was a little nervous. I was like, <laughs> you want me to do what? I was like, I mean, I can I swim. Won't. I can swim, but I mean. I, I, was no like, swimmer. I was like, you don't know no other swimmers? <laughs> you know, I can sing, but I can't sing. <laughs> um, speaking about that, like, what, like, okay, so like running background, like, and we've talked before, like, if you name it, you've probably done it. Soccer, basketball, softball, mm -hmm. really done it all. But when did swimming get introduced to you? So swimming actually, so where I'm from, I live about uh, seven miles off from the shore. So when you're, as a child, you know, my mom had us, and I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. If you know Pleasant New Jersey, you know it's <laughs> nothing <laughs> lavish. <laughs> but... <laughs> My mom did not play that. She made sure all her kids could swim. So my mm. mom had us in the pools from the time we were, I think, one or before you turn one, the little baby toddler classes. So by the time I was one, I could float. Mm. And she did not play that. That's the one thing I'm super thankful for her with. And even mm. as we got older, she had us in swim club. Chi Chi had us in everything. Girl Scouts, swim club, softball, volleyball, whatever. You name it. She kept us busy. It's probably also why we didn't get in trouble because we didn't have time to get in trouble. But <laughs> swimming was such a, a, a pivotal point because it was... Not only was it something that was fun, it was something that was just for safety. If we're at the beach, if we're at a pool, she doesn't have to micromanage and you know make sure we're okay. She knows that we can handle our own, we can take care of ourselves, and we can at least, if anything, float. Um, so just kind of feeling that water safety because I was never scared of the water. Mm. So I would go and jump off the dive end, the deep end of a, you know the diving board, and not have that thought of oh my god how I'm deep chilling. is it? Yeah. Be chilling, literally. And I think you know the fact that she got it started so young is what makes me so comfortable with the water still to this day. You know, the older you get, the harder it is to get comfortable with the water. Um, so from the time I was one, I've been swimming. 
And then when I was younger, she had us on different swim teams and this and that. And it just, it was always a fun sport. And I kind of stopped swimming as I got older. I catered all of my time specifically to track. Mm -hmm. So once I kind of knew that track was my ticket, like I said earlier, to get to college, I put everything else on hold and just focused on track. I still enjoyed swimming. I would still go swimming with friends at the beach or whatever, wherever we were. But at that point, it was no more training for swimming. It was no more, you know, I'm on a swim team. I'm doing this competitively. It was just more so for fun. I knew I can still do it. I was an athlete, so I knew my body could, you know, still be strong enough for it, but you have woken up, waking up, woken up a beast in, in the that. water. Love. And you know, before, uh, I think like you were saying, uh, the best part about it was, you know, you have, somebody has to believe in you mm -hmm. sometimes just for the spark to hit the firework within exactly. you again. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't want to put it out there like that, but like, you know, you say you be, you swim in the ocean, you swim in the pool, but can you tell them about, our first time or the first experience getting back in the ocean. I was scared, y'all. <laughs> My heart was going a mile a minute. I was scared. And there's so many different factors to it. Swimming in the ocean is such a mental game. And the thing I try to prepare myself for is, okay, if I'm physically strong enough to, to do the actual, to, to do the act of it, it'll make it easier. So, I, you know, I maintain my physical, you know, my physical strength. I was still doing my workouts. I was still doing everything I needed to do. I was swimming in the pool. So I was like, Boogie, you know, I'm feeling good. Like, I, he asked me to come out. I said, okay, I'm ready. Y'all, that mental. <laughs> you can't prepare for the mental day you get out there. The mental was tough. I stopped every pile like 30 seconds to pop up my head and make sure I could still see him. And it's just it's a visual of, of kind of being out of your element. So it's, you know, and it's, it's also, it's, it's a life thing too. Is you know, I got pulled out of my comfort zone. And I got put into an environment where, you know, I haven't thrived in. So it was a scary feeling knowing, okay, can I do it physically? Yes. Am I scared? Yes. Mm. But that's life. How mm. do I get past this? How do I how do I keep swimming? <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just keep swimming. Literally. Keep swimming. And I would just play that over and over in my head and I would, you know, I would be prayed up before I hit that water. God, don't let me see nothing, don't let me hear nothing, don't let me feel nothing. <laughs> nothing. Period. That's I that. Still do that to this day. <laughs> Literally. But it was a mental game of of course, you know, I knew physically I could do it. It was just kind of getting my head right up, okay. I'm out here. I can't think about these things. I can't, you know, because if I'm worrying about that so much, it's gonna it's gonna uh, uh, or digress me or you know delay yeah. what I'm doing out there in the water. So the first swim, I think we only swam 300, 300 yards, 300 yards. Yeah. And to switch over to pool terminology, that was like nothing. So it was like, wow, dang, you know, I'm. I, I pool perspective this, is about twelve laps. Yeah, I'm putting all this work in the pool, and I couldn't, you know, translate it over to the ocean. But that second. But now, swim, where you at? Oh, uh, y'all, you feel me? Oh, I just where hit. You at? Where you at? I just hit my first mile in the pool, though. So. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's seventy-one mile or seventy-one, 71 laps. laps. <laughs> seventy-one miles, a whole lot. Uh, crazy. No, and I think that, uh, like you said, getting out of your comfort zone, getting into something because it's mental. As mm -hmm. an athlete, as anybody who likes competition or pushing yourself, um, you know that. A lot of things in life aren't because you can't do it. It's just because you're limiting yourself to do it. Exactly. Um, and even to go all the way back, like you said, the older you get into doing something new, the more life lessons and ideas and concepts and other people's limitations your mind has now wrapped around. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's very, you know, very important that even though it's like that might have been your first, not true ocean water swimming, but like getting into it now it makes it easier for later and getting into things exactly. now is getting into so speaking about that um you know 
What does legacy mean to you? Legacy to me is about, of course, what I leave behind. Um, so even like I mentioned, just me leaving my job in corporate sports to come and doing what I'm doing now, being more hands-on and working with kids in the, in the community and, and kind of having a hand in developing, you know, that aspect of it. I wanted, to, I wanted my legacy to be in the, more so in the league of what I'm doing now, mm. of doing something for my community. Thanks, Siri. Doing something for my community, doing something that, you know, that I can leave behind and my kids will be proud of and, you know, my community will be proud of. So for me, legacy is, is setting kind of like the setting the, the bricks down for the next generations to hopefully do the same thing for the next generations, hopefully do the same thing to keep going on and keep going forward. So to me, it's just more so about how can I and what I'm how can I and what I'm doing lay down the bricks so that way the people that come after me already have a level up of level up. Yeah. And they just keep going. And so we're leveled all the way up. And so we just keep leveling up. So it, it's just more so, and I feel like legacy is not about me. It's it's about what's to come in the future. Mm. So that's I don't know. That's how I look at it. I look at it as I look at it as like a pay it forward for my kids and their kids and their generations. Yeah, and I think uh, as an athlete and also as an administrator or you know working in the school systems now, like you were saying with kids, um, it's very important that we continue to. You know, just always instill those small ideas and pushes. Because even if they don't remember your name, there's something that possibly can stick with them exactly. that can change them, you know, into adulthood. So I think that's very, very important, um, and it's very, it's very good to hear. Um, you know, that's that's what legacy means to you, and um, taking that into just everything that you're doing. Like, how do you balance everything? Like, what is what is a normal day? look Ooh, like in child. your life because you just went from you know i got a call from a school to training for a triathlon and i work with kids and i work with people and then you know what i'm saying i'm pretty popping like how do you balance this what, what does the day look like honestly one of my biggest strengths and also can be considered a weakness too is i am a super organized person Facts. and i say it can be a weakness because it can be ocd sometimes i can't do certain things until other things are done and vice versa but the fact that i have a really good you know uh, strength and organization that makes it so much easier um, like I mentioned when I was in college I wasn't a typical student athlete I balanced a lot already I was a student athlete I was president of organizations I worked full-time I had internships I did everything <laughs> I was in a sorority you know I did I did everything um, so I kind of I've been used to balancing a lot of my plate um, but even with that taking it a step for second and a step forward excuse me I've always kind of had that foundation to balance a lot so mm. Like I said, when I was younger and knew that track was my way to get to college, I didn't take that lightly at all. I was so serious. So when I was in high school, I actually moved out of my mom's house to move to Philly to train with a coach in Philly so I can get offered these scholarships. So as a high schooler, I'm now going to school in New Jersey still, living in Philadelphia, waking up 4 a.m. to commute to school, sleeping on the train, doing my homework on the train, going to school, going to practice at school, getting on the train, going back to Philly, doing the practice with that coach, training with that coach, doing my homework, hitting the train to get to my dad's house, my aunt's house, wherever I was staying for the night. And then, you know, by the time that hits, that's midnight, 11 o'clock, get up for it, do it again. So already as a high schooler, from, that was my last years in high school. As a high schooler, I'm living this crazy behind life, you know what I'm saying? To get me to that next level. So when I got to college, I was like, it's finna be a breeze. Like, it's finna be a breeze. I'm living where I gotta go to work. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so it literally... What, well, I get to walk to practice? I was like, everything is right here? <laughs> so... From that moment of me kind of taking that next level in my life of when I was in high school, 
I've always just kind of carried through to mm. today. So from that moment in high school to doing it in college with a million things to doing it today. So for example, for today, I'm a teacher full time in the school. My school is pre-K to eighth grade. So I get the two year olds, I get the eighth graders and middle schoolers. And then I also coach at a high school. On top of that, I'm a personal trainer. So I have clients of my own that I do, whether it's one-on-one training or group training. On top of that, I work at a gym <laughs> where it specializes in group training. And on top of that, I'm training for a triathlon. So there's so many different components to my day. Uh, but when you say everything like that, it sounds crazy, right? But when you structure it out to make it fit all into a day, it makes sense. Mm. And the way I look at it is there's 24 hours in a day. You have the same hours in a day as Beyonce has. If she can do everything she's doing, I'm going to work. <laughs> I saw that like on, a, on a shirt or a post or whatever a couple years ago. And that's it. And it stayed with me. That's I said, it. I have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce has. That's it. That's it. I love that. That's it. And I still get my good sleep. <laughs> oh, listen. If, oh. Any, if anybody knows, okay, Nita will fall asleep. Whether it's at a concert, whether she is in a car, if y'all go out to eat. Anywhere. If Nita sits down and her head goes down, just I'm give out. her just give her a couple minutes. I'm out. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's all very, very... Uh, I love that. And I love the importance of, like you said, just the balance and how mm-hmm. it's been set up you know, mm-hmm. it's nothing new. Yeah. This is just a, a, a new steps within a same structure. Absolutely. The way I look at it is we make time for things we want to make time for. Period. So if it's important for you, if it's important to you, you'll make the time for it no matter what it is. And then also if you run into an issue where you don't have the time, you'll find things that don't have value in your life that you can remove. So for me, it's all about the balance of, okay, is this necessary? And it's not like I'm out here doing odd jobs anywhere because that was a, a phase in itself too. When I'm walking dogs and rocking babies asleep and Listen, dropping off Postmates and this and grocery that. Grocery store. Everything, I right? Yeah, we was up so I, w- I used to have a million and one odd jobs. So I'm at the point now where you know I'm, now, I'm no longer doing odd jobs. So everything that I'm doing is for a reason. Mm. And yes, there's a lot on my plate, but they all are going hand in hand with what my, you know, what my end goal, my long term is. It's all kind of making me a better person to get, to keep, just keep pushing down that line. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. You know, sometimes, whatever it takes, at the end of the day, you can always go back to a good Disney motto. Just keep swimming. Hakuna Matata. Andy's home. I don't know, I ran out of them. But once again, guys, just always find your motive. Always find your motivation. And just like Nita said, find your why. And just continue to deliver and pour into your passion. Um, As you can tell, this has been my passion now going on three and a half years and uh i love every piece of it so thank you guys again for supporting me cats boots cats cats i'm gonna start just beatboxing the commercial (laughs) breaks um got it we are back last piece we're still sitting down and uh learning a little bit and a lot about her um and i think you know i just gave her some super kudos about her transitions because the next piece i wanted to ask her was what's next um, you know, short term, long term, mm-hmm. you know, what is, you know, the legacy? What is, what is the life look like that you're willing to share? Cause some people don't have to share all their goals with everybody, but Absolutely. what is, what, what can we help with? And, and you know, what is, what's on the plate? Absolutely. So I, the crazy thing about this, what's next question, it used to trip me out so bad. I used to be like, wow, well, what is next? What, 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 what do I want to do? What do I eat for lunch? What do I, yeah, I used to think it out. And since I'm such a, you know, a planner and organizer, I used to think about every single move of every single minute of the month, of the year, of everything. Um, and for me, I've kind of, I've gotten comfortable in not knowing everything, mm. which is a blessing in itself. And because of that, I'm able to have, you know, a long-term goal without 
knowing exactly per se what exactly the steps in between are to get there, but being okay with that and putting in the work to to finding out and getting there and on my own term and not having everything be so so you know speedy to get there. But long term, long term, I want to be international. I want to be you know traveling the world, doing what I love, training groups of people, hosting fitness retreats and things of of that sort everywhere. I wanna I want to be one of the top you know leaders in the fitness industry. I want to have my own gyms and my own facilities and places where people can come and feel like they can work out and be themselves and not have that feeling of going into a gym like that to be somebody else. Mm. Cause that's a scary factor. You know, when you're not working out and you're, you know, you think that you have to look a certain way or be a certain way. And even when I talk to my clients, I don't ask them, you know, what do you want to look like? I say, what do you want to feel like? Cause there's, we have to get our mindset off of looking a certain way. Cause I think that's the media portrays such as negative you know, this negative uh, view of what we should look like and why not twist it to what we should feel like. So I want to I want to get in a chance. I want to get in a position where, you know, I have multiple gyms throughout the world and I'm traveling the world and doing what I love and which is just inspiring and encouraging people to, to get active and get up and be involved in something and find ways to make it fun. I'm all about having fun. So if I'm not having fun when I'm working out, Period. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I ain't traveling out to have fun. Literally. So just about... How can I find ways to encourage people? How can I find ways to get people motivated to come want to work out for an energy feel? Not for uh, because I want to look this way. And that all comes in it. You know, it can go hand in hand. But, you know, how can I make that be a forefront? Mm, I like that. And uh, I guess, you know, to just to have a fun, fun question with that, then, you know, <laughs> top five or five places you would love to open a gym in. Oh, I'm going to say LA, of course. You're? <laughs> You're? I got to do one back home. Yes. So I got to do one back home. It's, I don't know if it'll be Jersey or Philly. I can't do both. Or maybe I could do both. I don't know. <laughs> you got to do it at one of the train stations right in the middle. Literally, right? <laughs> Hawaii. Definitely. Mm. So Hawaii is, I have this weird like love for Hawaii. And I've, I've been once and didn't get a chance to explore all that I wanted to. But I just have this feeling of Hawaii that I feel like when I go there and kind of really see what I need to see, I'm going to feel like how I felt when I came to L.A. It's, it's just this weird energy I get from when I think about Hawaii. Hmm. Selfie Hawaii. I'm going to put one in Africa. I don't know where yet, but I'm going to find somewhere to put one out there. Um, and I don't know. But the fifth place, I don't know. I'll leave that one up for... Ooh, a little razzle-dazzle right? for grabs. <laughs> Let her know if you guys wanted to come build a gym or put a gym um, right? you know, somewhere. <laughs> so one question I love to ask everybody um, at the end of the episodes Um is to write a letter, um, you know, to their self in the past, write a letter to themselves in the future. But I kind of want to mix it up. Um, and I want you to take this on a perspective of, you know, leading your first fitness expo um, or getting honored as, um, I don't know what the awards would be for like a fitness centurion or philanthropist. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what would... If you were getting honored like um, like a woman, like honor of a woman of award, you know, mm -hmm. like the largest award of or what would fitness, what would your thank you letter or what would you want to say um, to everybody who supported you, who wants to get into it um, or, you know, just giving gratitude to those you mm -hmm. know, to come? My first and foremost would be to thank, of course, God just for giving me the strength to to get to where I am today and at that point and at all the points to pass because without him there would be none of my success and I truly believe in that. Um, next would be 
honestly, just to say to take it one day at a time, one step at a time, we can get so far ahead in our minds that we start to talk and think ourselves out of things. If you take things one day at a time, give yourself a goal, absolutely. But take everything one day at a time, even when it comes to working out. We look at this long-term goal of what we want to feel like or look like or whatever it is, and we let that overshot our small successes. So take it one day at a time, one footstep at a time, one run at a time, one lift at a time, one swim at a time, whatever it is. But I also believe too that, you know, you can't be afraid of that, of that failure to come with it. So I always say my biggest kind of like motto is everything in life is either a lesson or a blessing. Mm. Across the board and everything. So you're either gonna learn from it or it's gonna bless you tremendously. But either way, that's a huge, you know, that is a huge come up. <laughs> yeah, that's an optimistic perspective. Absolutely. I'm, I, I definitely try to look at the glasses always half, half, half full. I'm never a half empty person. Because I feel like when we look at the glasses half empty, everything else kind of follows. So definitely take things one day at a time. I would a thousand percent thank God for getting me to where I am. And also just thanking the journey. Because I think a lot of times we don't appreciate the journey. We want to get to that angle so bad. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy every bit of the journey. Enjoy your struggle. Because enjoying the struggle will make everything else so worthwhile. Be like, wow, I remember when I worked 78 odd jobs and was eating cup noodles twice a day Bring for back three catering years. Stuff. Just, oh, I, all, for, yeah. I did work for a catering we, company. Yeah, listen, everything. We both, yeah. Everything. So just enjoy it. My biggest takeaways are enjoy the journey. Take life in a day and your workout's just one step at a time, one day at a time. And everything in life is a lesson for Love, Nina. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, enjoy the journey. I appreciate that. Um, nobody steal that because we will come for you. Um, now, obviously, you know, we want to support. We want to show love. Um, we want to make sure that we feel better tomorrow and we feel better for the future. Um, how do we support? Like, where do we pull up at? Like, obviously, people are going to click on you, but like, what do you offer for us? Like, what, how big does my group have to be? Can you give us a little quick rundown? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you guys aren't following me yet, you guys can follow me on, it's underscore, underscore, N-I-T-F-I-T. -I -T. That's neat fit, not knit fit. I know it's, you know, you can get a little. How to make sure I came correct <laughs> make for sure, this right? one. right? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, of course, COVID has kind of restricted a lot of larger gatherings. Um, I used to hold, and I'm not going to say used to, I still do, just, you know, when, Times get a little better. I host, you know, weekly uh, group workouts out at Runyon Canyon, and that has become like my my baby, my child, my heart. I love doing it, and they're free classes. I don't charge anything. I love to. Wait, just how much is it? Free ninety nine. How much? Free ninety nine. Thank you. <laughs> I just that's my way of me giving back. I love seeing the community be active and being engaged with each other through fitness. So you know, of course, I'm a trainer, and you know that. Of course, it's a piece of, of of how I make my living, but at the same time, it's also a way that I'm able to give back to my community. So it's. Bring your kids, bring your dogs, bring, you know, your neighbors, your girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, whatever it is. First we work date. out. First date. Listen, I want to see you sweat before I even know if I'm going to say yes to the next Don't date. Don't block your blessing. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I offer different, you know, different opportunities from personal training one-on-one, semi-private training, which is anywhere from three to five, and then larger groups, which have been put on hold just due to COVID. So if you guys are interested in any of those services or in anything, check out my Instagram page. You can also check out my website. It is getfitwithknit.com. Neat. Ooh, Jesus, I caught myself. Get fit with neat. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> make sure. I was like, he, like, he gave me this, this look, y'all. Like, looks could kill. I said, hey, Kumi, hey, Kumi. 
That's awesome, though. But hey, I want to say um, thank you, I think, is not too little of a, of a words I want to use. But I want to say thank you on behalf of the company. I want to say thank you as a friend. Um, and thank you for trusting me. Um, you know, every time you go out and do something uncomfortable, it's a very, I trust who I'm with. Um, and I want to say thank you for being comfortable in the uncomfortable um, and just being in faith. And more importantly, when you're in faith, you're at peace. And so I just hope that, you know, throughout all this, this chapter of what it is to bring us, what it is to bring you, that you continue to find peace in it. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for, you know, when we're old and be like, dang, I remember back in the day <laughs> training for that. I had to actually swim. You know, we're going to have robots and all kinds <laughs> of stuff doing that stuff for us. But, um, you know, just thank you again for this and being a part of, of something that I literally was just like, what if I just went out and did this? And then mm -hmm. my two friends were like, all right, we're getting on a Zoom call. We're planning all this out. And I was like, yeah, okay. And, you know, to see this all come together. It's happening. Yeah. So thank you for being part of this. Thank First you annual. for thank you for believing in me and wanting me to be a part of this. Like I said, this has woken up something in me that I needed, not just physically but mentally. Um, and it's you know it's tough to push yourself past your level of comfort, but you learn so many lessons along the way, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, everything. So thank you for one not only trusting in me and believing in me, but also for pulling out the other level of me and kind of reminding me like. I can do a lot more than what I'm doing. I still got it. Don't worry. Right. I still got it. Don't trip chocolate chip. Um, but thank you so much again. And most importantly, I want to say thank you so much to everybody who tunes in and listens. Once again, however you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Um, you guys are a huge motivation. It's not about the numbers. It's about the one. Um, so, you know, even if it takes you, you know three days to, to listen and finish this. Um, I just hope that whatever piece of uh, Nita's story and testimony and also her reasoning for legacy uh, resonates with you. And if there's anybody you always know who needs to get on here or somebody that you want to um, highlight, please hit me up. I'm always open. But most importantly, today's episode is brought to you in part by Say Aloud Legacy. I love y'all. I want to say thank you again. Stay black. Stay woke. And during these COVID times, wash your hands and wash your ass.